greetings, everybody. Welcome once again to the Rec Poker Podcast, sponsored, as always, by Running Aces Casino Racetrack and Hotel and Website Amp. And we've got another Chats edition of the podcast and super excited about our guest for this Chats edition. He is the one and only John Somsky. You know him. You love him. You're going to get to know him more. You're going to get to love him a little bit more uh, after tonight. We're going to break it down a little bit. We hear some people saying, well, we don't. we want to know more about the people on the panel. All right, let's start with the great one, Mr. John Somsky. He's our home games director. He's our ambassador at Anti Up Magazine. Not our ambassador. He is an ambassador for Anti Up Magazine. I can't take credit for that deal. He is the nicest guy in poker. Uh, you know him as one of the panelists. So we're going to break it down and chat with John a little bit uh, in a second here. But before we do that, let's introduce the panel. Uh, my name is Steve Fredland. I go by Rec Poker Steve. I don't have a quote tonight. I didn't have time, but I thought, you know what? The John Somsky is just, he is what it is. Like there is nothing better than that. I can't set it up in any way, shape or form. You're going to be awed and in wonder of this man. Uh, tough act to follow, but I'm Jim Reed, Bluffsterini in the home game. And you can find out about me and all the other wizards on the wrecking crew by going to rec.poker slash crew. Okay. So do I introduce yeah. myself as part of the panel now or do yeah, I wait well, till after the panel? Yeah. Can you do like a wardrobe change or something? So we know this. is <laughs> <laughs> Okay. I'm John Somsky. We do expect uh, you to ask yourself questions today. Yeah. Too. Very insightful. Okay. Questions. <laughs> well, I'll know all the answers at least. <laughs> but um, I'll be disappointed. <laughs> I'm John Somsky, poker geek MN everywhere. <laughs> And I'm Rob Washam, and I'm Radman50 everywhere. And this is like a dream come true of being able to interview the great one, the John Somsky. Nice. And and there's extra bonus points. There's a $10 merch uh, card for anybody who can get Somsky to cry. (laughs) (laughs) And that goes for our members in the chat, too. So Jim, Martha, Roger, and Tim, you get get those emotional questions and comments in there because that $10 merch credit could be yours. How yes. do we determine who made me cry, though? Mm. I think we'll figure it out. I think it's going to be yeah. Because I'll just start pinching myself right I was going to say, John, that is available yeah, to you as well. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Right. <laughs> and he's also a panelist. He's not yeah. <laughs> He's got that keen, incisive mind. Well, in addition to making John cry, uh, after, <laughs> after we chat with John, we do have the community happening stuff. We're going to talk about some things going on around rec poker. And there's a few big things Uh, If you're not already aware of these things, stay tuned on this because September 25th, this is the last Chats edition of the podcast before September 25th, and we are going to be playing in a free online tournament. We're partnering with Club WPT. It's a free tournament, and you can win the top 16, top 18, top 16 people get, top 18 people get some prizes like WPT swag, that kind of thing, but the winner gets a $2,500 entry into a live WPT main event, Deep Stacks main event, Thunder Valley, California in December. So Mm. September 25th, we'll give you some details coming up here. Uh, We're going to be talking about the winners of the online home games as well. We're going to be talking about rec poker staking, which is starting to really uh, kind of tighten up here a little bit as far as what we're going to be doing there. So that stuff we'll chat uh, chat about after our conversation with John. So let's bring him in. He's no longer a panelist. He is now our guest. John Somsky, welcome to Rec Poker. Well, hello, Steve. Nice to meet you. So, John, where are you calling in from today? <laughs> I am calling in from Minnesota. Oh, is that right? Like yeah. all of all the places, you know. Where? <laughs> well, John. So, okay. So, this is kind of funny. It's kind of weird to kind of be interviewing you, but honestly, 
we want to hear your story. I mean, I know some of your story, but I don't know all of your story. And obviously we can't get it all, but this is our chance to get to know John. I mean, we, we do, we, we have so much fun with you kind of ripping on you, you rip on us, all that sort of stuff, but you know, you are considered the nicest guy in poker and that's a real deal. And so, uh, you know, I know early on you and I connected over some things, the all in for Africa tournament, that sort of thing. And I considered it quite an honor that you would even take the time to have a conversation with me. Uh, you know, it really held you in high regard. And now here we are uh, five years later, kind of doing this thing together. So I just kind of want to dig in a little bit and let everybody else ask questions. But like, how did you even start in this game? It seems like you're our poker historian. You kind of know everything. So when did this love of poker cards, all of this stuff start? Well, it started a long time ago in a galaxy far, far away. And no, um, I've been interested in, in playing games, particularly all forms of cards my entire life. As a kid, you know, we'd sit around, we'd play uh, Royal Rummy or Tripoli, and it had a little poker segment of the game. The game overall was not poker, but I remember that's where I first got my introduction to poker and I figured out that you could bluff and people would fold. Mm. But what I didn't understand is that once you called, you couldn't bet again. <laughs> so, you know, and I was like a, a six-year-old kid at this point in time and I was trying to, you know, just buy the pot and uh, I, they said, well, you all called, you can't bet more. I, I just didn't understand that. I thought I should be able to bluff them off. I would have bet more had I known. So the, no no such thing as value betting at that point. It was just right. bluffing to win the pot. Yep. <laughs> so like so what's your family situation? Do you have siblings growing up or where who were you playing cards with? Uh yeah, we played that game we often played with uh my mom, dad, brother, and then her, my mother's grandparents or parents so my grandparents that was a uh, one of our common games that we would play when we got together i love hearing about like the multi-generational game playing that is super fun now are you so i know you're in minnesota now are you have you did you grow up here are you always from minnesota i grew up in iowa in sioux city actually oh. so uh and but i made it out <laughs> and i live in uh minnesota now all right, sweet. So then, so so card playing, always playing cards, always wanting to bluff people, you know, which is why probably you and Jim Reed get along just fine. Like, so when did it start to transition into playing for money? Was it was it poker first and then playing for money? Were you playing for money and then poker? Like, walk me into kind of how it moved into sort of this poker so for when money. We, when we started, you know, at six years old, we just had a set of chips. And, you know, that was just a way to keep score. There was no money involved with those particular chips mm -hmm. we just were playing the game um i don't think i started playing for money until either late high school or early college mm -hmm. and then uh just doing various poker games you know whatever kids would sit around the table back then it wasn't hold them because i didn't even know hold them existed back then um but just playing a lot of five card draw that was probably one of the most common and then seven card stud variants were also pretty common but you'd also have other games like in between or mm -hmm. guts or, you know, other poker adjacent games, not really poker games. So I'm curious, kind of what was your, were any of those kind of your first love? Now I know you love mixed games. You love all the variants of Hold'em and everything else there is. Was there one game that kind of you just loved from the very beginning? Was it draw? Was it stud? Like what kind of, what, you know, when it was dealer's choice, like which one did you always want to choose? You know, I really, I liked everything. I liked the variety. So uh, 
when it was my turn, I'd probably choose one of the games that hadn't been played in a while. So, you know, just try to switch it up. Um, I wasn't necessarily trying to uh, play a lot. There was one particular semester in college, I remember, where we had a den on our dorm floor. And we'd go to that den, and I think there were card games probably six of seven days Hmm. um, that were going on. And, you know, we were all playing penny ante poker and people would bring in literal tubs of pennies to play with. <laughs> and then we started playing Guts. And if if you're not familiar with Guts, it's a game where if you don't win, you have to match the size of the pot. So uh, we played one night and one person lost and had to write a check for $30. And this was college. My entire my entire funds for a semester for my personal expenses was a hundred dollars. <laughs> so $30 would have been. Right. Just exchanging money. So anyway, after that happened and it was not me who spent that uh, $30, but after that night, we no longer played poker. <laughs> <laughs> Is that we right? switched. Uh, yeah. We switched to other games, spades or hearts or whatever, still playing cards, but uh, no more poker there. Do you feel like you need to take a minute to explain to those listening what a check is? Do we need to explain oh, what that is to yeah. some people? It's something that people used to have. Your bank would give you little pieces of paper that you could write on, and then that would transfer money from their bank account to your bank account. It was like Venmo on paper. Yeah, it's got a Q yeah. and a U in it, just it like, uh, like oh, one of those great words. Yeah, that's yeah. right. It's very weird. Yeah, paper. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Well, that's that's funny. I was going to ask you kind of what the biggest penny any guts game you was. I saw Rob shaking his head. Rob, you have guts experience? Oh, yeah. Yeah, I've lost my share of money playing guts. That's, <laughs> that's a, oh, man, that's a tough game. <laughs> it is, but but somebody's got to win those pots, right? Like, well, yeah. yeah. I mean, basically, the way we played it uh, is you'd hold your cards and everyone would hold their cards and you do one, two, three, drop. If you dropped, you folded. If you held on your cards, you'd stay. If you were the only one that stayed, you won the pot. But mm. if there were more than one person that stayed, everyone that lost had to match the size of the pot. So if you had enough players and we were playing with like eight to 10 people sometimes. So enough people were playing that you'd end up growing that pot geometrically because there would often be two to three players staying in there. It seems um, like sort of that, that seems like the, the introduction of GTO for you in a sense of like, you know, it's almost like rock, paper, scissors. Like how often do you hold? How often do you, you know, drop your cards and somebody like you, I mean, you could be exploitable if you, if they know you love to bluff or whatever. So it feels like probably ingrained in the guts game is sort of this knowledge of balancing and, gto and stuff right yeah a little bit of it a little bit of it um, <laughs> am, I, am i giving you too much credit <laughs> well i mean back then i was just more about having fun right and right. you know i was definitely trying to win money and i was trying to make good decisions um but i don't think i was particularly better than anyone else right. at that point in time but it feels like and, it's sort of a reps thing right you kind of learn right. okay i can't i can't hold every time i've got right. at some point drop but i already had good i mean i played a ton of cards growing up different games not poker so and you kind of get a feel for card games and i do mm-hmm. think some of those skills kind of match where you you understand a little bit of probabilities you kind of get an intuition and a feel mm-hmm. for them um, and of course, once I started playing, 
once I graduated, so I moved, got an internship with uh, Control Data, and that's what got me up here from Minnesota. I went to school at Iowa State. And then as soon as I graduated, there was a group of people that played poker. So I joined their poker game. I was the youngest run. Most of them were like 20 years older than I was uh, at the time. And I was playing in their game and totally intimidated. Um, we typically, it was a one to $300 buy-in. Um, 100 to $300 buy-in. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And uh, I always bought in for 100 But at the time, I, you know, coming straight out of college, that was still a lot of money for me. Sure. I was not comfortable. I mean, I could afford it. There was nothing wrong with me losing that hundred dollars, but it was not at, it was not a comfortable stake for mm -hmm. me to play. Mm -hmm. But that's also that group started running um, poker tournaments. That's the first time I played a poker tournament, a little bit different. They went with some of the older rules. Uh, it, it was a five card draw, California draw tournament, high, low, and you'd play down to where you had three players left. And then those players got whatever money was left in front of them. So uh, the chips actually uh, had face value. Hmm. And rather than having set payouts, you would have, you'd just get, when you got down to three, you got what was there. Hmm. So that was your sort of your intro to tournament poker was right. And it, control data folks. It was the first time that I, uh, realized that it was a form of poker that could be played for without having money on the line and you could still mm -hmm. play well if you play poker cash game poker without money on the line or if you're not keeping track yeah. of your chip counts then uh, there's really no point because you're you need to keep score somehow and with the tournament format by being knocked out, that's a way of keeping score. You got knocked out before <laughs> I did. Therefore, I did better than you. If you're you sitting know. on the couch. <laughs> right, exactly. <laughs> then exactly. You're, you're a loser. <laughs> exactly. Jim, did you have something? Uh, yeah, I did. Um, like, I, I was the same way, especially growing up and learning things. Like, losing has to hurt or else I'm not going to take it seriously. Like, there has to be some sort of negative reinforcement. Um, and, and winning should be – you should have more fun winning than losing. So, I'm with that now. So, um John, I, I also loved uh, playing card games growing up. My mom and my brother and I would play a lot of games. And um, I also played a lot of money games in high school just for fun. I liked uh, Euchre and Spades and Hearts. Uh, what were some other games that you played or that you really enjoyed that you think sort of helped strategically as a poker player later? Uh, I played uh, 500, uh, Euchre, Spades, Hearts. Um, there's another 31, which is a three card game. Um, I think they all help out a little bit in different ways. I mean, nothing is as going to help poker as much as poker, but getting used to drawing cards, getting used to holding cards and not revealing your hand to the other <laughs> players at the table. Uh, and even then I was cognizant of having a poker face and not allowing people to, see what was going on but getting used to just play following action seeing what was happening mm -hmm. you know nothing major but it all helps out I'm, I'm kind of curious when you went to play with the control data guys i assume part of that was you know we're co-workers there's chemistry they invited you in to play or whatever if, if you remember it all when you first started playing with them were you like oh man i'm a fish out of water here like these guys are really good or did you kind of immediately know 
you know, I'm, I can hold my own here with these guys. Like, do you remember kind of how you? Oh no, I was a fish out of water. I was definitely a fish out of water. Um, partially so i was learning a bunch of games that's the first time i played hold'em what they did is they they had two halves of the night it was cash game format most of the time first half of the night you would play uh california draw so that's a five card draw game with one joker in the deck that can be anything for low or and it's high low declare so you call it before you deal dealer gets to choose high or low Mm. and for high it's feels makes aces straights and flushes so it's not a complete wild card it won't make five deuces would make five aces uh but other than that that's that's how that works and that's so you play that first half of the night and then the second half of the night they played garbage games which included things like hold'em omaha crisscross which is kind of a a hold'em like game just have two different boards so all sorts of different uh other games that you would play at the end of the night and then it would be dealer's choice and everyone would get a chance to choose so you said you said garbage games and jim and rob both nodded i've never heard that phrase what what is that does that mean like texas hold'em was kind of regarded poorly for a while or what does that mean when you say rob or yeah what does that mean garbage games go ahead rob well, we used to play a lot of garbage games, and that would be things like spit, spit in the ocean. Um, baseball was another one. You know, we played all these stupid games where there was random wild cards for some reason. There was split pot sometimes. Uh, there was a game where if you paired, you know, it was a seven card game that you it was everything was dealt seven cards down, and then you'd flip up your cards. And if you paired a card, that would now be wild until another card gets paired by somebody else, then that card would be wild. And so the wild card would change during the middle of a game. I mean, it was just crazy, craziness. Yeah, that was like... No no strategy, just whoever had the best hand won. (laughs) Yeah, like the Cousins game at my place too, and up at the cottage, that was it. Uh, Follow the Queens and Black Chicago, and uh, what was it like? Yeah, Chicago, uh, yep. uh, Yep. Black Jacks and the Man with the Axe, uh, Pair of Natural Sevens takes all. There's a bunch of these like just, just just like made up games that half half the half the skill, which is knowing what wild cards we're going to play by the by the end of the hand. It is kind of fun, yeah, but it's I not. Feel like it's I've not totally missed out on my whole life. Like I don't, know, I don't know any of these things. It feels like it would take me a, an hour just to learn the rules. Of it probably have. would for some so, of them. Does yeah. that mean like so? Did by garbage though? Was it sort of a derogatory? Like these are just sort of random luck based games. And so I'm curious, John. Yeah. It was, it was just five card draw was just considered that's what normal poker is. And then you'd have oh, other yeah. variants. It was, and garbage was just a way of collecting everything else up together. Right. Okay. And some of them weren't obvious. I mean, some of them were actually casino offered games like Hold'em and Omaha. They, it was played uh, a spread limit. So it was a one to $5 spread, I think uh, for that for the bets but you could have you know multiple bets i don't believe there was a cap maybe there was a four bet cap or something but i don't remember it was not no limit it was a spread limit game and i might just be sounding a little defensive because you know it's like no limit holdem's a cadillac of poker and to be called garbage is very very effective so so this was back i mean so the, uh, I to not to let my Morning age on. out, but I am older than twenty five years old now. Wait. Um, <laughs> so this was uh, would have been ninety one or ninety two when I was playing. Uh, 
in this. And at that time, I had never heard of Texas Hold'em. Yeah. You know, I had heard of Seven Card Stud, uh, but I'd never heard of Texas Hold'em or played it prior to being in this game. So I thought it was just the game they had made up. I didn't. Right. I didn't understand the history of it at that point in time. It's a garbage game, right? Yeah, exactly. You guys hear the th- I got thunder and lightning happening. Yeah, I did hear that. Here. I heard oh. that. That's crazy. And if I lose power, yeah. somebody else take over, Rob. You know, back in the early 90s, I was in Vegas and I wanted to play poker. And so I went to a poker. I didn't even know what casino I was in at the time. It was, you know, I we go casino hopping. Anyway, there was a poker game going on. So I got in and it was seven card stud. They didn't even have Hold'em as a, they didn't even offer Hold'em at that time. All they had was seven card stud. That was the only game anybody played. So Hold'em really came into prominence probably towards the late 90s, early 2000s, especially when they started televising the World Series of Poker and they started, it became more people found out what it was. I remember going to Canterbury back in the early days, they'd have two or three um, seven-card stud tables going. Now it's almost impossible to find a seven-card stud game anywhere. Yeah, I'm muted there, sorry. Yeah. Yeah. No, so yeah, I, I saw him ski myself just in your honor, John. <laughs> I tried to unmute and I, apparently I clicked it twice, but I'm kind of curious, like, and I know you're everybody that listens to the show knows that you're a humble dude and all this sort of stuff. And I appreciate that so much about you, but you've got some serious chops at the table. You do. And I'm, I'm kind of curious, like when in your poker journey, did you sort of feel like, you know what, I, I'm good at this. And I know there's always room for improvement and all that sort of stuff. But like, do you remember, like, was there a moment? Was there a period of time? Was there something when you're like, I think I got what it takes to be competitive in this. Not that you turn pro or anything, but just when did you know that you were good at either Hold'em or mixed games? Well, despite how humble i come across as despite my humility <laughs> yeah it, there was never a doubt in my mind that i could be good at it mm. you know it, when i said i was i felt like it was a fish out of water that was just because i did not have the years of experience that these other guys right. did i remember there was one uh one game we were playing and now it just seems like the most obvious thing in the world to me but i didn't understand it at the time we were playing five card draw and there were maybe it was five card draw or a variant of that, but there were multiple betting rounds and the guy kept on maxing there. Yeah. And we did have a cap on bets. I think there were four raises. He kept on maxing it every single round, but he was drawing a card every single time. And I couldn't figure out why he would be betting so heavily without a made hand. Turns <laughs> out he had four of a kind and it was just, <laughs> Uh, exchanging the non-mattering card. So at that point in time, then I realized, wow, okay, there is some strategy here in this game. And I was starting to, yeah, I, I, and it didn't now, it's just like, obviously that's what you would do in that situation. And you just keep calling it like this guy's right. such a fool. <laughs> right. And then I remember a few years later, I started running a home game myself with some other uh, people also from work, but a different group from work, not all of the same players. And I remember talking to one of the newer players in, and I said, well, you know, I could call that first bet, but I could see it was going to be raised. And I didn't want to see, put all that money into the river. And 
he was saying, mm. wow, it didn't even occur to me to think that far ahead. So, you know, I could tell that I had grown as a player, that that was just natural to me at that point mm. in time, whereas it wasn't when I started. So when, when was that about like how many years ago would you say you kind of like realized, you know, again, not about your ability, but sort of like you kind of arrived in a sense of your thinking through the game strategically. And I would say by about 95, yeah. um, after two or three years in the game, I was a fairly consistent winner in the game. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't think I was necessarily the best player. Um, I, the biggest lesson I needed to learn is my tolerance for action and swings was higher than everyone else's. Ah. And one of the downsides of that is I would end up losing more money on my losing hands than people would lose to me on my winning hands. Mm -hmm. So I started to understand that while my tolerance is higher, I really have to adjust my tolerance towards theirs. In other words, you're really playing the range of hands that they have mm-hmm. that they would be putting that type of money in. I didn't think about it in those terms, but that's really what it was. Well, that you know, I guess we found our author for chapter two of my book or the Rec Boker book. So chapter two is uh, win small, lose big. So I think that's, <laughs> the, I still haven't found the, the author for chapter one is drawing dead and getting there. I'm still not sure who's going <laughs> to. Oh, that's definitely that. me. That's got to be me. <laughs> that can't be me. <laughs> when I'm drawing dead, I never get there. <laughs> I get there all the time, like drawing dead. Like I'll, I'll be sitting there like putting money with a nut flush draw and the guy's already got a full house. And I'm like, let's go. And then I get there and boom, it is. Drawing dead and I got there. The giver, Doug Greenback could be the author of that as well. Yeah, that's so right. You get there and you still lose. That's a problem. You're drawing down to get there, and then you just pile in money. Drayback gets there and wins. Like that's true. Yeah, you're not you're not doing it right, Steve. That's, <laughs> yeah. Uh, that's pretty, well, Jim, Rob. Okay, you guys, other questions for John? I, I'll shift gears. Otherwise, but you guys got questions for for John? I, I'm kind of I'm curious about his history with uh, Annie Up Magazine yeah, and that sure. sort of thing. Yeah. So, um, in about 2004 2005 time frame, I started <clears throat> listening to podcasts. And, excuse me, Annie Up Magazine was one of the first podcasts out there. I think it was maybe like the second or third uh, that was out there. It's probably the oldest one that is still running um, right now. And so I started listening to the podcast and I got involved in the community. And then they started having their APES series, Annie Up International Poker Series. And there was a guy there who was doing the scorekeeping for it and it would take him like two or three days to report the scores after the events. And I wanted to know before then. So I offered say, Hey, you know, you're a little busy here. How about I do that reporting for you? So I kind of took over the uh, series after that and started running the reports and recording the results for everyone. Um, And so I got involved with that. And then, once they expanded to Minnesota, I became the ambassador for Minnesota, and I've uh, been doing that ever since. Which would tell us a little bit about what that what does that involve as the ambassador? So uh, it's really not as big of a deal as it sounds. Basically, what it means, um, well, first of all, I haven't they haven't published a magazine now since yeah. March of 2020. So I haven't really done anything since then. But, but you were writing articles and stuff for them, for the right? I, I cover Minnesota. So whatever big 
So whenever Canterbury or Running Aces or occasionally it was Turtle Lake or, you know, like when MSPT went elsewhere, I'd cover that as well. But I'd report that into the magazine and write up uh, um, the results of those. And it started off, I could kind of, when they first expanded, they allowed everyone to write about a thousand words. So I could write some pretty decent articles, but then it kind of got truncated down as they had all of this extra content and they weren't getting the advertising the same level of advertising as they were seeing out of Florida where they started. Mm -hmm. um, then they had to cut it down. So I got about 250 words. Uh, so just write 250 words over whatever's happened in the community or in Minnesota for the month. Mm -hmm. Is that, is that something that's that, wrong? Go ahead, Rob. That Annie up magazine is how I became aware that John Somsky was a th the, the guy because <laughs> I used to pick up the, Andy up magazine in the casinos, you know, at Canterbury or running aces, wherever they'd have a little rack where they'd have the magazines. I'd open it up and, Oh, there's a section about Minnesota. Oh, who's this John Somsky guy, mm -hmm. you know? And so I was following and reading John Somsky stuff long before I ever met him in person. And then I started following him on Twitter long before I ever met him in person because of my, you know, I found out about him by his Andy up magazine content he's the that man is so cool he's yeah the man. sorry i got lightning and thunder so i'm muting every chance i can oh i can do that jim did you have something else there follow up <laughs> no i just think i i didn't yeah. actually know that that's amazing, yeah. that's no, amazing. I, i've never met john uh we we've you know collaborated on a lot of these uh rec poker sessions and that um but i haven't made it down so i'm really looking forward to that one of these days i, I gotta meet you guys in vegas uh, or at least somewhere somewhere else soon because i feel like i'm missing out well, COVID crushed us, right? I mean, otherwise yeah. we, would been, we would have had you down here for for running yep. aces, rec poker stuff, or whatever. So it'll, it'll happen for sure. Uh, he's he's as nice as you think he is. You know, I'm <laughs> I'm kind of curious, John. So like, I know you're a super busy dude, and I think you've been super busy for years. You know, doing the IT stuff and running your own business and all that sort of stuff too. So uh, when you have time, do you ever study off the field? I know you like to play, and I know you're involved in all the rec poker stuff, but you know, how, how do you improve your game? Is there anything that you do to try to improve or is it mostly just reps when you can play or what's that look like? I, for you? I do reading. I used to spend uh, some time on the Annie up forums uh, there. I'm not a big poster. That's just not, mm -hmm. not where I tend to go. Um, talking with people, of course, is a, a good thing too. I do spend some time, uh, I've run stats and numbers. I've written a couple of programs to figure out stats and distributions of, of stuff. Um, but now there are just so many tools. I do spend a little bit of time, but I would say I spend maybe one tenth, if that, of the time studying that I probably should. Of course, I probably spend one tenth of the time playing that I would like to right, as well. I was so. say, should is a strong word, right? Uh, yeah, yeah. What should you do? Yeah, for sure. So what what's kind of what's coming up for you? What are you looking forward to kind of in, in the poker world right now? Like, is there anything events coming up or anything like if you ever get a spare minutes? Like, what are you looking forward to in your poker career and experience? Well, I, I actually want to get back up to just play local here and running aces yeah. to get some more live poker back under my belt uh, before we head out to the WSOP. But of course, we have the uh, Wisconsin WPT event. Mm -hmm. I'm looking forward to that. Um, I am really looking forward to Vegas yeah. and going to the WSOP this summer. I'm going to be playing the seniors event for the second time. 
Um, and, you know, I had a blast last time I was out there, and I'm really looking forward to that. Uh, and I'm just looking forward to getting back into playing poker a little bit more regularly. Yeah. Are you, when you go out to Vegas, I know part of the house and everything, are you going to be able to unplug from your, your world or are you going to be so, I mean, cause I know I struggle with that sometimes when you're playing, but your mind is elsewhere. And are you going to, do you feel like you'll be able to kind of unplug or are you going to be having to juggle everything? I think I will be. I'm now the, <laughs> the only thing I'll probably still have to do while I'm out there is record rec poker tournament results. Um. <laughs> <laughs> you got to find somebody to do that for you during that, during that time. We'll find somebody to do that for you. But uh, everything else I'll be able to should, I mean, emergencies could happen. In right. which case, I would need to uh, take part. But by and large, I will unplug. And when I'm at the table, I tend to just be at the table. I don't mm-hmm. do a lot of multitasking while I'm at the table. Cool. So I, I have a question for you as we're, we're start to wrap up kind of the interview portion of it, too. Uh, I want to report kind of what's going on with Chris Jones. He's He's not on the panel. He's always here every Monday night when we record. He is running deep in some ACR tournaments. He just had a big win last night. I want to talk a little bit about that. But before we do that, John, what's your take on Chris? Now, you've played with him some. Uh, I'm kind of curious from your perspective. And then maybe Rob and Jim, too, as you guys have played with Chris. Uh, I think he's a beast, right? Like, I, I play with him. But, you know, I have given my standards. I think everybody's a beast. But I'm kind of curious, like, where you guys, like, what is his strengths? We don't need to give away any secrets about Chris. But what do you think he does really well that makes him – so good at the table. Maybe we'll start with John and then Rob and Jim, if you want to chime in, feel free. Well, you know, what's interesting is he seems really nice and a mild mannered kind of guy. Um, but when he's at the table, he's pretty much playing for blood. Yeah. And he's very good. He spends a lot of time thinking about it. Um, that's one of my, one of the, my favorite things about being part of rec poker is being here and taking part in these conversations, even though I'm not doing a ton of active study, just having those conversations and listening to what people are saying and trying to participate in them have helped me a ton. Just kind of reminding me, I I had problems where I would understand a concept, but I wouldn't be able to remember to apply it at the table. And I think it was just because the level at which I understood it was kind of more at a surface level. So by the time I got to the table, there was too much going on Mm. and I couldn't do it. Whereas having the conversations repeatedly over the same topics, I've kind of ingrained some of those. And I think uh, Chris has been one of the people that I've listened to the most with regard to that. Uh, I think he's got a really good overall concept of how all of the pieces of the game fit, fit together mm-hmm. uh, and he is deceptively good he doesn't look intimidating but he plays intimidating i love that what do you guys think i think that uh you know he as the content director here at rec poker he's so systematically uh able to give those concepts you know this you do this, then you do this, and you do this, and you do this. And because that he's able to do that, I think that he's pr- pretty much ingrained all of those things into his own playing style so that he can actually take those concepts that he's teaching every month and actually apply them at the table. And he's proven it over and over again that he can do it. 
I know that he was having some success um, on the live theater before the, you know, pandemic. Um, and so, and he really just started playing online since the pandemic. I don't yeah. believe he played online before that. So um, what he's doing now is he's applying everything that he's learned over the course of his live experiences. And then what he's been doing with rec poker and his continual study and his continual growing with the game. And he's really be turning into, like you say, a beast. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Something that I think he has in common with the best players is he, he, and like these guys have already kind of t- said it best, but he has a plan for every action. He knows where every action fits in his overall plan. So he can visualize his entire range and the range of his opponents he knows what parts of his opponent's range he's trying to um, affect with bet sizing and things like that. And he's never, he's just, he's, he's measured and considered. And uh, there are starting a lot of things that happen by accident with Chris. Plus he's got that overpowering smell that really gets people off their game, I think. And that is not to be underrated. No, that is a powerful force. <laughs> yeah. It's a powerful force. Well, and how would you know, Jim? <laughs> <laughs> you know I'm joking because yeah, I've never met the guy. <laughs> player, Rob, actually. Yeah, I guess maybe I said too much about him. I guess. <laughs> well, so so give an update on, on kind of where he's at, and I'll probably screw this up. But so here's the kind of run that Jonesy's on. He doesn't get to play all the time. Like, he works full time. Mm. He, he plays on the weekends when he can. But I didn't even realize this until today. I thought he was running deep in two tournaments. I thought he was in two day two tournaments or whatever. Today, I heard about that. And then I go back on Discord. I'm like, wait a second. Did I see this right? So so last night, which was Sunday, September 12th, uh, 3,532 entrants, 50, 50 plus five buy-in. He wins a thing. He wins. A th- I didn't even realize it. He won it for like 21 grand. Mm-hmm. And that's that's not all, folks. So then he plays this satellite, $50 satellite into a $600 main event. So he's playing some $600 main event. And if you see Tim giving us updates in there, he can probably, Tim Fritz is kind of give us some updates in the thing, but um, where is it? So in the million, it's the million, $100,000 to win this thing. There's 18 left. He's 14th. He's in this thing with like 18 left. And I'm looking for, uh, where's the payout on this thing? Tim, if you can put in the chat, like what is the what's his locked up? So it's like a hundred grand to win, but he's got. I think something. he said he got uh, six thousand locked up, and so the next page jumps another eight hundred at uh, seventeen. The next one to bust out. Okay, so. okay, so he's running deep in that, and then he's in another tournament. <laughs> that's like fifth. Is it was it another fifty dollar tournament or something like that? Uh, I don't know. I get I get so confused. But he's in another tournament, running super deep, like thirtieth with one hundred and fifty people left. He's got a bunch of money chalked up, so. $250 entry on $150 oh, nice. guaranteed. Mm-hmm. I don't know what he's got locked up, but he's just, he's running super deep. So just super excited for Jonesy. And I know I should have had my stats all, I was trying to get last minute updates. And then I <laughs> just said, here was the update as of 40 minutes ago. <laughs> I wanted it real time, but he's still in them. He's off the money in that one, but he's sitting good. Yeah. I think he was like in 13th place or something like that. So amazing. Anyway, for Jonesy, and I know Jones, he'll, he'll say, man, being part of the rec poker team and doing the content and being surrounded by you three geniuses, especially because you guys are having all these conversations about stuff has made his game stronger. And so uh, it's super cool to see kind of where he's going with his game. And, and I still don't know who it's going to be on the core team, but one of them is going to win a bracelet. Yeah, I don't know if I it's one so. of you guys or Moss or Jones or what, but uh, I think it's going to happen. So Sonsky, I'll put you on the spot there. I, I guess I was going to put you on the spot too as we kind of come back to you and then we'll close off uh, the interview. You can only pick one. All right. You can only pick one. 
who's your who's your rec poker core team member? First one to win, I'll say a bracelet, but I'll say any major event, an MSPT, you know, the first hundred thousand dollar cash. Maybe you should pick Jones because he's on the verge of it. But like, who's the who's your first hundred thousand dollar plus casher? And then I would say I also want to know. I'll give you time to think about that. What is your favorite podcast of all time? You cannot say rec poker, but like your favorite, uh, you know, because you listen to a ton of podcasts. I want to know what your favorite poker related podcast is of all time, whether it's whether it's still going or not. So those are your two questions. Uh, so for the Rec Poker core team member, I think the two front runners are. <laughs> I would say one. I will say one, but okay. the two front runners would be Taylor Moss and Chris Jones. I'm giving Chris Jones the edge because Taylor Moss has young children. Oh, that's <laughs> and that just takes point. a lot of his time uh, away. That's true. And you're um, tired. You're just tired all the time. Right. So, so I think, uh, I would, I would say Chris Jones would be the person that I would choose there. And for the second one, I think the, the most entertaining, uh, set of podcasts were the ones that were, uh, hosted. There were kind of a series of them that were kind of the same podcast that moved places and it ended up at, as poker road radio, um, and it was the circuit. It was the one that Scott Huff and Joe Stapleton hosted. There were like three different iterations of it. Uh, but those, I think, were the the most entertaining. And it was back when poker was still new to me. You know, this was back in like 2006 through 2008. Um, and just really fun. Sweet. So, okay. So if there's any other questions, feel free to jump in here for John. Otherwise, John... How do people connect with you? I know you're you're active on Twitter, uh, Poker Geek MN, right? Poker yep. Geek you MN. can of course get me at Poker Geek MN. You can email me at John at Rec Poker, uh, or John, yeah, John at Rec Poker. <laughs> yeah, <it's> John. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and or hit me up on Twitter, Love and it. I uh, I try to answer people when they um, ask any questions. I don't have anything in particularly special to say, but you, you, but you're, you're so humble, man. So I get to spend uh, John and I road trip down to Iowa to the run good series. Uh, we did a rec poker road trip on there. John and I get to spend whatever, six hours in the car on the way down, six hours on the way back. I don't think we stopped. Ta- I know we made fun of it, but I don't think we stopped talking the entire time, even though on the way back, I felt that kind of bad because I had Lyme's disease and I was not <laughs> feeling good, but we just talked each other's ear off and it was so fun. And this guy, you know, I wish we could have that 12 hour conversation to share with people because you're so insightful about the game and about life and everything. And you're just kind of, you're one of the, you know, you're perfect example of the kind of people we want to surround ourselves with here at rec poker. So I just, man, just thanks for being you. Thanks for your contribution to the poker community, to rec poker, to the home games, everything that we have going on, man. Uh, love doing this with you. Well, you know, it wouldn't be worth doing if everyone else wasn't here too. Mm. Right. So it, it's the community that makes yeah. it for all of us. Love it. All right. Well, we'll let we'll let John go. It looks like Chris Jones has just hit the money in the nice. 150k guarantee. So 390 bucks locked up, and now to the to the top as Fareed Jatton uh, would would tell us 33,000 up top in that one. Thanks, Tim Fritz, for the updates. I appreciate that. Jim, do we want to roll the commercial? We'll come back with some community stuff going on. Sounds great, boss. Here we go. All right. Have you ever wondered whether you should call a preflop raise or three bet instead? What do you do when you have a flush draw? Do you raise it? 
Or do you just call? Ask Chris Jones. What do you do with Ace-King when you miss the flop? Are you tired of guessing about what the right play is with your particular hand? Well, my name is Jonathan Little, and I am a two-time World Poker Tour champion and creator of PokerCoaching.com, where we offer over a thousand interactive hand quizzes where you play a hand and then get real-time feedback from our world-class pros. Don't guess and don't stress. Just register for your free account at PokerCoaching.com slash RecPoker right now. And there it is. Thank you, Mr. Little. Very nice. All right, guys, normally we kind of reflect on the guests, but the guest <laughs> is right here on the panel. So, so awkward. I don't know what John well, seriously thinks. That was awesome. I was, I was just going to say, I think it was a good thing that we started off, uh, you know, with the lesser of all of the core team hosts. Oh, hosts come to practice on. on. Here you know, as, as the, Yeah, well, we get it. <laughs> we learn, make all our mistakes now, and then when we start having everyone else, it'll really be good. <laughs> <laughs> nice, well played. No, good stuff, John. Uh, of course, good stuff. Uh, just it's, it's fun to have Rec Poker Nation get to know you a little bit more. You're, mm-hmm. you're a very layered individual. I know we didn't get into any of the stuff going on in the world outside of poker, but uh, lo- love hanging out with you, dude. Fantastic stuff. So let's let's talk a little bit what's going on in the community more broadly. Uh, I mentioned a few things at the outset that I want to touch base on. If anybody in the chat has anything, you're like, hey, we got to talk about this, throw that out there too. Or if you have any questions for clarification, let us know. But uh, the first one is for sure the, the Club WPT thing we have going on. So this this episode should be airing on September 21st, which means this coming Saturday, September 25th, Club WPT is hosting a free rec poker sponsored event. And the winner of that tournament gets a $2,500 buy-in to a live WPT Deep Stacks event, Thunder Valley, California, early December. That's pretty good. It's a free tournament. Now, couple of conditions. First of all, just go to go to rec.poker slash WPT has all of the information, but just know a couple of conditions going in. You got to be a member of Club WPT, but there's a free two-week trial that you can jump in, try it out, test it out, whatever. You might say, hey, there's a couple states that don't allow us to win prizes through Club WPT. That is not an issue for this tournament for these prizes. That, that issue goes away for this for this tournament for these prizes. And you also need to be a community free member at rec.poker. No, no charge for any of that stuff at all, but the instructions are rec.poker slash WPT. Now, some of you may have heard a start time. The start time has been changed, but it's going to be at 3.30 p.m. Central. So if you are in the Eastern time zone, Jim, what time is it if you're in the East? Well, that would be 4.30 Eastern, Steve. What if you are in Vegas? What time do you think that would be? Rob, what time would that be at? Oh, Rob's muted, but I'm oh, pretty Rob's sure. <laughs> oh, here's Rob. What did math math test? Three thirty central. One thirty. All right. So if you're in Vegas on the West Coast, it's one thirty. If you're somewhere in between there, I don't know, Colorado or wherever your mountain time zone is, it's two thirty. If you are in Australia, it's somewhere between like six thirty and eight thirty the next morning. I don't know. Like somewhere in there. But anyway, so the times out there, obviously it's in the Club WPT. Go sign up for Club WPT. Do us a solid. Do it through the Rec Poker link. Uh, mm-hmm. That way they'll know that you got there through Rec Poker. That really helps us as we're trying to build credibility with the WPT because we have big plans to do big things with them. The more people that play this tournament, the more people that sign up for Club WPT, even the, the trial membership through Rec Poker, 
the more they're going to know that, hey, this is a vibrant and encouraging community. They're playing this thing. So let's send a message to them. Let's get a ton of people playing. Tell your friends, tell your family, all of you play it. And then one of you win the thing. One of you win the thing because they've already told us, hey, Club WPT is going to be all over this thing. Whoever wins this thing through rec poker, they're going to be watching them out in Thunder Valley and seeing how they're doing. They're going to do updates. Maybe you get on TV. Like this is a legit deal. So uh, please do us a solid and tell everybody you know to play mm-hmm. this tournament, right, Jim? Yeah, that's it. I, I'm literally writing emails to my friends and uh, relatives, all those Maynard cousins. You know, I'm coming after you. Come get a free Rec Poker account and yeah. sign up for the free trial at Club WPT. If you use the code Rec Poker, um, you get a bunch of free chips that you can use to win real prizes with. Right. And you can play in this tournament for free. So it's, I mean, you, all you got to do is sign up and it could be you in uh, California in December playing in a world poker tour event and being featured uh, by this, by this crew. Yeah. So, so all crazy your questions answer rec.poker slash WPT. We got frequently asked questions out there, but if there's any questions, man, reach mm. out to Jim or I, Jim or Steve at rec.poker. It's not one email. It's not Jim or Steve at rec.poker. <laughs> Jim at rec.poker or Steve. What a nightmare. Oh, God. Whoever gets there first. <laughs> Whoever gets there first. <laughs> so, so let us know if there's any questions. But seriously, man, we, we, you know, I know we do ask for things, but like this would be a huge thing for us. And for the future of getting free WPT events or whatever down the road, like this is a big partnership we want to build. Yeah, we don't really ask for many things that you can do for free that'll actually move the needle. But if you've been enjoying these podcasts or the YouTube videos or the free stuff that we put out there, this would be a great way to use your time to help us for free and mm-hmm. uh, and sign up for this and get some other people to sign up for this free tournament. Because if we can make a good impression on WPT and Club WPT, we could get into this situation more often, give away more prizes, and it would be a great way for us to help the recreational poker world. And if you are in, well, no matter where you are, if you want a road trip to Wisconsin, so typically if you're in Minnesota, because it's one of those states, you can't play in that state. Now you're eligible for the prize. If you live in Minnesota or one of the few states that you can't normally win prizes for, you can win this prize, but you can't play in your state. You got to go to a different place. The IP address has to be somewhere else. So what that means for you who are in Minnesota, we have an Airbnb house that we have rented out. You don't need to stay overnight, but you can come over. It's in Hudson, Wisconsin. It's just across the river uh, from the Twin Cities. If you want to do that, let me know. Uh, We've got room for a bunch of people. So email me, steve at rec.poker. Say, hey, I want the address for the Hudson house. I want to come play with you guys. We're going to be hanging out in this house. We're going to be, Taylor's going to be live streaming on Twitch uh, from the house. Uh, We'll probably do some recording. It's just going to be a super fun time. So uh, that's how you can do it. Or just find your own place. Go to Iowa, North Dakota, South Dakota, Wisconsin, or whatever state you're in. You have to find a place where you can play. So that is kind of the the long and short of that deal. Anything else we need to share about that? Any questions from you guys or any other stuff? So when can they sign up for their Club WBT membership? And can they do that from Minnesota? They can, you can sign up from Minnesota. Absolutely. You just can't play the tournaments from Minnesota. So you can sign up anytime. Um, you know, obviously what they want is they want people to become members and stay members and keep playing uh, there, but there also is an opportunity to do a two week trial membership. So you can sign up uh, by the time you're hearing this, it'll be September. What did I say it was or September 21st or 20th? Um, you know, you can sign up for your two week membership. Now you can play the tournament. If you want to stick with Club WPT, stick on there, pay the pay the bill, keep going. Uh, otherwise, uh, you can let your membership expire there, uh, and it doesn't cost you a dime. So you can sign up any point, anytime. 
And you could be like our friend uh, Tim Fritz here, the newest member of the Wrecking Crew, who says uh, he's going to be streaming at twitch.tv slash misclickdonkey. And uh, he does that every week, and you can go find out more about it there. He'll be uh, he'll be putting it out. So welcome, Tim, and I'm excited to have you aboard. Thanks yeah, that's all. awesome, Tim. Tim, newest member of the Wrecking Crew. We're going to get him set up with his page and email and YouTube and all that kind of stuff, uh, whatever he wants to help him kind of go to the next level of poker, too. And he's been super active already in Discord. He's been the one that's been giving all me giving me all these updates. I'm like, yeah, 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 thank you. I didn't even know. So thanks to, thanks to Tim. So all right, so that is the Club WPT thing. We want to make a statement. We want to win it. Part of me says, I don't, I don't want to tell anybody because I want to win the prize. But yeah. as a community builder, I think I, I feel like I better tell you guys. Jim and I should have just, we should have just not told anybody. And just yeah. Like, we could, what did we do, Steve? Injury. We had this thing all locked up. <laughs> so that's that deal. Uh, we're talking about World Series of Poker out in Vegas. We all kind of have been talking about that a bit. We still have room in the house. So we have a house rented off the strip. It's got a private pool. It's got a, It actually has a card table in the house. It's got a pool table in the house. A lot of rooms, big space. Um, we still have room available in there. If anybody's interested, we got a lot of folks going, but we still have room for more. Um, so go to go to rec.poker slash road trips. You get a lot of the information there or just reach out to me. Uh, we have some spots available that are a private room with a queen bed. We have some spots available that are bunk beds in a shared room. So kind of whatever you want to do, whatever you want to spend. And I guarantee the price is going to be very competitive uh, considering what you have to pay, you know, out there on the weekends and such. So reach out to us on that deal. Uh, let's see. And then the third thing I wanted to check, chat about is just related to that, but staking. So you've heard us talk about rec poker staking. It's starting to get solidified what that's going to look like. We've had so many moving parts and everybody's been kind of giving me input and we've been uh, congealing that. I don't have like the final thing to announce today, but here's generally how it's going to work. It's going to be a pool of players that have been chosen, starting with the wrecking crew, moving to premium members, uh, different people say, hey, I want to be staked. And we have parameters and we anyway, there's a pool. There'll be a bunch of money that's going to be allocated to a bunch of people to play certain pre-specified tournaments. And then investors can say, I want to invest in that pool of players, and it'll provide 30% staking to that player. So it's basically a 30% investment uh, into that pool. Uh, and so all the details will be coming. But if you want to be staked, especially if you're a Wrecking Crew member or a premium member, let me know as soon as possible. It might actually be too late now, actually, now that this is going out. But let me know for future reference, because uh, we want to lock this up soon. But there's going to be room for investors to get into that deal till the end of the month. And so uh, just reach out if you have any questions. We do have rec.poker slash staking that has information out there as well. So those are my three big things going on. Uh, let me just quick check. I see in the chat, massive double in the 150K. Chris Jones, ace king, greater than pocket eights. He's now 12th out of 83 in the 150K tournament. Nice. Will the staking be paired with road trips for non-WSOP? Uh, yeah, we're, we're looking at doing staking. So we piloted a thing down in Florida uh, where we just did three different people at individual staking things that people could invest in. This is more of a bigger pool sort of thing. We think it's better for community building, diversification, and management. Uh, and then so we're kind of we're going to test drive this thing from end of September to probably mid-November, whenever the WSP is over. And then at that point, we'll reevaluate my expectations that we'll have a pool going forward with selected players that will be able to play tournaments. that will be part of this pool and be staked. So that is kind of the, the expectation, but we'll kind of assess uh, at the end of this pilot. So with that, sorry, that was a lot. God, we had a lot of stuff going on. I'm sorry, everybody. Uh, at least we do it at the end so you can shut it down <laughs> if you need to. But Somsky, we better turn it over to you for home game stuff. All right. Well, first and foremost, we do have our mixed game championship oh, yeah. series. And 
Gloves 10 10. Mm. Colin Anderson wow. won his second mixed game of the year. Good God. So he is coming close to Patty 98. Now, yeah. Patty 98 still has the lead, but one more win by him. I think there are like three people him, uh, Taylor Moss, or Chad McBean are all within striking distance. And I think a win from e- any of those three would overtake Patty 98 unless he comes in second or something like that. It would be mm. fun to have a race in that one this year. Not knowing yeah. Patty ran away with it. Mike Patrick ran away with it so much last year. It'd be fun to have a race, at least kind of look, be able to look at the tournament, the last one, and see if somebody might catch him. Yeah, Pat, yeah. Mike Patrick, though, he literally, he's out there writing articles about yeah. mixed games uh, for beginners and that sort of thing. He knows he knows what he's talking about. He was putting some good stuff out there on uh, Twitter today on Robbie's site as well. I saw he knows it, his yeah. mixed games. Yeah. Hey, John, well, maybe he'll, he'll be too busy doing that, so he won't be able to focus <laughs> on playing. Right? Maybe, maybe. Probably. Let's get him probably. busy. Let's get him playing. A, is there a mixed, <laughs> mixed game tournament the second Wednesday of October? Yeah, that's not yeah. what we got to do. <laughs> hey, John, real, real quick, maybe put you on the spot here, but I think is Colin Anderson also in the run for like the no limit Hold'em player of the year too. I know he was up there at one point. If you don't know right offhand, that's fine. But I know a lot of like looked at me. I can both. figure that out pretty quick here. Yeah. <laughs> if you have those, I can look while you're doing other results or something too. He's definitely uh, winning the Sunday night sweepstakes because yeah. I think Actually, he's won as, that three times already. As of right now, I believe he is in first place. Is oh my God. Really? Yeah. He has 254 points. And then second place is Marbles Jam, who has 243. Jeff Kupferberg. And we should say, while we're talking about Colin Anderson, he's got a birthday coming up, Rec Poker Nation. And he does. It's October 10th. That's why Gloves 1010 is his name in the home game. And uh, if you want to wish Colin Anderson a happy birthday on October 10th, you really should. Uh, But the one way you can wish him a happy birthday is by playing in the Learn Pro Poker Sunday night home game here at Rec Poker. Because Ryan LaPlante is going to have a bounty on him. If you take Ryan LaPlante out, you win a free month at uh, LPP. And just like Ryan LaPlante, another fantastic poker player, Colin Anderson, uh, will be playing on his birthday in that tournament. And he will also have a bounty on him. So if you take out Gloves 1010 on his birthday, it's a mean thing to do. But we like to encourage that kind of (laughs) true, true, (laughs) taking it hard on each other behavior. I will personally send you uh, one of those months of free learning at Learn Pro Poker. So, So Tell uh, Colin Anderson a happy birthday the hard way. Uh, Yeah. So anyway, it's very uh, impressive. If someone actually manages to win both of our championship series Mm. in the same year, Mm. um, that's going to be a hard feat to beat. I'm glad we asked him to host the Reckies. We just got, we knew we were getting a hold of someone special. Well, I think everyone should just go out there and start to play harder in these games. And, Definitely. you know, I want to be the first one to win both series in a year. I'm not in a position to do that this year. So anyway, next on to. Hearing, sorry, we keep hearing. I'm getting these updates. I got to share. Jonesy won another big pot. <laughs> seventh out of 81 now. Sorry, real time updates that are like eight days late. Yeah, <laughs> yeah real time. That's okay. We want to so give live updates for our Oh, he's week. 12th of 17 in the melee, too. Okay, so he's bumped up a little bit there. This is exciting. Poor John. Yeah, yeah John. So you were for saying? nightly events, <laughs> Ben Marr, Elizabeth Bennett-Martin yeah! got her seventh nightly victory of the oh, year. Oh, yeah. She's a killer. Boundary 37, Fred Jostas got hmm. his second nightly victory of the year. Fergie 56, Kim hey! Kilroy also got number seven. Wow. Jasper Jr., Patrick Berry, hmm. 
got his second for the year. Rick the Good Dog, Rick Brock Omen, got his third nightly for the year. (laughs) And then (laughs) winning the uh, first in our short deck series, Keck Geek Mark Kiki. This is Keck Geek Senior. Senior. um, Got his first mixed victory for the year. And international events, Don't Chase 666. Mm. Joseph Armstrong got his third and fourth international victories. He won both of our international tournaments this week. Wow. Wow. And then for LPP, we have Fancy Nancy 1130, Nancy Petchel. 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 Hmm. You gotta uh, win more before you get her name right. But. Yeah, that's well, right. You know that the is thing is, is, I just know her as Nancy. I know what she looks like. I <laughs> talked to her several times at the card. But, yeah, but I, uh, I didn't you're, know you're how to pronounce her last, her last name. name. You're not yeah, on that's on fair. Basis. Yep, exactly. That will happen. So, so Gibber asked, uh, "Is short deck next?" Yeah. So the Saturday nights we play. So we play a monthly mixed game tournament the second Wednesday of every month, and then. Each of the preceding Saturdays, we play whatever the next mixed game is. We play that as a practice on Saturday night alongside of the No Limit Hold'em tournament. So, yeah, we played short deck. <laughs> and they're like, what is this? Yeah. So just for a, a real brief overview, short de- deck is just Hold'em, but you don't have twos, threes, fours, or fives in the deck. So only sixes and higher. As a result of that, and because some of the um, – statistics change a flush now beats a full house in short mm. depth poker yeah mm-hmm. and, and mm-hmm. some dude like the board's like six seven eight king queen and i got like a set of kings and i lose because <laughs> the guy's got ace nine i'm like how did i oh. lose i'm like replayer <laughs> I don't know how I lost. Well, apparently, a six, seven, eight, nine is a straight or something. <laughs> something like that. Like, is that even a thing? Like, they had a straight yes. with a six, seven, eight, nine. Yes, there's no that is the thing. Lives. Like, like, I got the wheel. What is happening? I'm like, oh crap! It's called the nine, wheel, ten. right? Ace nine. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't get it. You know, it's a little bit like I, a few years ago. I went to Japan for work, and. You know, I was used, I'd gone to Europe a couple of times. So not knowing the language was one thing, but being illiterate is completely different. And that's kind of what this is like. It's like, that's what it felt like to me. I'm like, what? (laughs) Yep. Yeah. Oh, good stuff, man. Yeah. So that's super fun. John, you've introduced us to mixed games and I've, I went kicking and screaming, uh, but I love it. It is, it is, it really is fun, especially to be able to play for free with no money on the line. Like, I'd feel dumb going and plopping down 200 bucks in a short deck tournament and knowing I have no chance this, but this is fun. This is just good time. Well, so, and, and it's good because the people that we attract to play it are all playing it seriously. Yeah. Now they may not be playing it well, but they're trying to. <laughs> I'm very right? serious about losing. <laughs> right. So it, it makes all the difference in the world. Yeah, it's true. Yeah, it's true. And you guys that are, that you haven't been playing it, we do these, we do these home games. Like now we have like 10 a week or something and they're just free to play, but you know, we're playing seriously. We're playing for pins. We're playing for podcast shout out. We're playing for player of the year. We're playing for recce's awards. We're playing for all kinds of stuff. But at the end of the day, it's just, it's free, right? It's free and there's no cash prizes, 
But if you're not playing them, man, play them. They're super fun. It's a great way to work on your game. Uh, and if you are playing them, just a reminder, I don't think anybody needs the reminder, but just in case, play it seriously. Like practice how you play. Look at those payouts and pretend you pay, played Pretend you paid $20,000 to enter. Pretend there's a $15,000 pay bump from fourth to third or whatever it is. Like practice how you play. Let's go. We're, we're trying to make champions here. We're having a great time. We're building community, but we want to have some champions emerge out of this thing. And that means practice how you play take it seriously. And uh, it's been great. Yeah. Mm. Anything else on the home game front, Mr. Somsky? I know the, uh, by the time this airs, our uh, heads up tournament will have, will have been completed, but that's coming up this, this weekend. Right. So uh, congratulations to me who won the heads up. <laughs> I hope. Yeah. Congratulations to Mom, 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 Mom. Yeah. And I guess the one thing that will be happening um, the following week when you hear this on Monday night is the next recording of the seminar, the monthly seminar that uh, Chris Jones puts together when he's not, you know, out there kicking butt in poker tournaments, when he's actually showing up for work. Um, yes. So every month, every month, uh, Chris runs the simulation of a different part of a poker tournament. And we, we get some premium members, uh, some wrecking crew members and some panelists to come and play together in a early stages, middle stages, late stages, final table of a tournament. Um, we record all that information with the cards up. And then Daro Carney um, mm-hmm. actually breaks down a hand between two of the members and uh, goes pretty in depth into how they might be able to play it differently. It's just one of the layers that we have kind of a play along and learn uh, that we do here at Rec Poker. So um, there are a few seats left. If you'd like to have Chris Jones and Daro Carney opine on to how you might play poker a little better in the future, um, it's free for all premium members. Go to the forums. You'll see a sign up thread there. Um, so go, go get a piece of that. Fantastic. Anything else that we need to share? I just I just shot a note off to Tim here to see if we can get one last update on the Jonesy thing. I know it's kind of funny to think this is not going to be heard to eight, eight days later, but I want these updates. I know he just said he chipped up again, but anything else that we nice. need to update the folks on, whether it's uh, we have Twitch Twitch live stream that happens normally on Thursday nights, that's going to be also streaming the, the Club WPT event. We have the OPA. If you're a premium member, sit in on that deal. Uh, you play the home game. You go to the Zoom and you hang out with really cool people. And you never know who's going to show up at that stuff. You know, learning with partners, you get all this free mm. content from our learning partners. So they've given us all this content and for free. You don't need to necessarily go become a member at all these places. We consolidate that. We curate that. We give it to you uh, free of charge there. So uh, any other updates on that stuff before we do a last well, thing? I, I have I have one question. Um how much of Rec Poker Nation do you think has an Amazon Prime account? Mm. I would guess, uh, yeah, I don't. I would guess eighty at least half. Yeah, yeah, yeah well over yeah. half. If you have an Amazon Prime account, you can link that to Twitch, and then every month you can subscribe to a Twitch channel. So if you really like watching Taylor Moss do his Twitch stuff then go ahead with no expense to you beyond what you've already spent for Amazon Prime. You can subscribe to the rec.poker Twitch channel, and then that'll help to pay for everything that we do around here. I yeah, love they that. actually take yeah. $5 right out of Jeff Bezos's pocket and put it in the rec poker operating fund because uh, that's a great way to help us keep lights on around here. I, I love that too. And I need to be reminded, I know, because I did it and then the month is up and I didn't renew it yet. So where, where are the directions? There's instructions online. I know we put those. Where can people go? They say, all right, I want to do this. How do I do this? Where do I go uh, to find out how to do that? 
That's a good question. I, I think we're going to put that. Here? We're going to set that up at uh, <laughs> rec.poker slash Taylor Moss on Taylor's Wrecking Crew page. I thought we and did because I know he sent me like detailed instructions. So I thought we had it on the website. I'm sorry. I know he emailed. I think he emailed us, but I think we should put it up on his Wrecking Crew page. So I'm going to make a note. Um, by the time you hear this, you can go to rec.poker slash Taylor Moss <laughs> and you can find out all about this kind make of stuff. More, okay. more, more about Taylor Moss. Yeah. No, I got it. I got it. That's okay. Good. I thought it was out there because I, I know I did then. I'm like, oh crap. Now I got to remember how to do it. I got to go find that email. Like I just want to click, click at rec.poker and say, all right, renew it. Then hopefully that makes it easy. Sweet. But yeah, thanks for bringing that up. That's a great, it's a great way to support something we do. It doesn't cost us anything. Mm-hmm. Uh, and more stuff. So, all right. So I got the final, or I got the most recent updates from Tim Fritz and it looks like Roger Shute is giving us updates out here. But uh, so in the big one, there's a hundred thousand dollars up top to win the thing. Uh, He's sitting in 10th place out of 15 remaining. Mm. Oh my God, Jones. And Mm. so he's got 7,000 bucks locked up there. This is after the 21,000 that he wins last night. (laughs) And the other one, there's 33,000 up top. They're down to 75 players. Jonesy's sitting in eighth place right now. So he's got 480 bucks locked up there, just kind of getting to the the start of the curve. So uh, a magical run already, but let's hope it just kind of runs even more magically here for him and binks one of these things. Like, yeah. This yeah, the only the only bad news is Chris won't uh, be involved in the staking pool after this because he's going to be going <laughs> <laughs> to be sitting back smoking cigars. I'm not done for you guys. Right. <laughs> Even Washington are going to be lighting up cigars. Let's have a Zoom call where we just smoke yes. cigars and talk about how great our life is. <laughs> yeah, we got some fun suggestions in the chat. I agree, guys. Yeah, let's let Chris just stake the rest of us. That's that would be a great way to do something. He'll just about. fund it. He'll just yeah. He'll just fund all of our main events. Like let's that's right. Go. Thanks, Chris, for volunteering to do that. <laughs> well, anything else, guys? I know Jim Jim texted me earlier today. It might be a short one tonight. <laughs> so here we are. I'm like, ha ha. Hour 15. Never. I mean, we just, I just, but I love this guy. So you guys know I'm not as involved in a lot of the rec poker stuff as I'd like to be. You guys have a million things going on. Everybody's work doing their thing. And this is kind of my one outlet right now where I really get to spend time with you guys. So I get, I get pretty fired up. So it's, it's on me, but that's too bad. <laughs> <laughs> well, anything else that we need to bring up uh, rec poker nation, let people know about. Well, we do have a book study that yeah, we have uh, about right. twice, yeah. twice a month. Yeah. Some, somebody's We're running doing, that. Who's running that thing? Uh, some guy named Washington. Rob's book study. <laughs> Radman 50. Um, <laughs> anyway. <laughs> Rad Man 50. Yeah. Radman 50. Uh, we're be, we're gonna session ten will be done by the time you hear this. Um, session eleven will start up on October sixth, and that I think will be by that time we should be talking about uh, facing a three bet. Uh, this is tournament mm. post flop tournament play, so very uh, interesting stuff. Anyway, if you have not read the book Modern Poker Theory by Michael Acevedo, pick it up, start reading it. And if you've missed any of the previous sessions on the book study, it's all available in the archives. Go into Rec Poker as a premium member; you have access to all the archives. Check it out. How, how much fun is it? Because everybody I talk to that's been part of it is like, "Man, this is so good!" And I, I feel such, I see, feel serious FOMO by not being able to be in those <laughs> sessions. But people are just having a blast. Like, how much fun are you having? Is it kind of what you expected with this book? Or, um, yeah, I think it's. I think we're getting through it a little faster than um, we thought we might at first. Yeah. So it's going pretty good right now. I think it's, uh, we're getting some momentum, I guess you could say, and we're not having to, there's a lot less detail that we have to worry about. So yeah, it's pretty good. Pretty good stuff. All right. Sweet. Michael Acevedo, Modern Poker Theory. All the, all the videos are on the archives 
for the premium yep. members, which by the way, five bucks for the first month. If you use the code rec poker, go check it out, pay five bucks, become a member, look around, you know, ingest as much content as you can. And then if you like it, stick around. That's kind of our deal. So we'd love to have that. Anything else that we need to talk about? All right. I think, I think we're good then let's, so, so with that, we, we talked about going to rec.poker for a lot of this stuff. That's really the source of truth for everything we do. Go to rec.poker, sign up for the newsletter, poke around. If you have any questions, you can't find something, let us know, man. We are accessible. We are responsive. Uh, I think it's one of the things that separates us from some of the, the real big groups is you email Jim or I, we respond and we tell you, and we give you insight. Somsky is probably way more involved than he's supposed to be. Uh, <laughs> I can't, I can't sign up for the home game. Okay. I'll help you. So we're, yeah. this is what we do, man. We're accessible. So reach out if you have any questions, comments, feedback at all. We'd love to have you go to YouTube, subscribe to the rec poker channel out there. It's another free way to really support what we're doing. You can go to the podcast, rate it, review us. That's another great way to help us out there. But thank you uh, to the panel. Uh, thanks, Mr. Somsky, for being our uh, on the hot seat, I guess, for us. Uh, but Rob and Jim, man, great stuff. Thanks for everybody that's, that was part of the premium membership there. Running Aces Casino Racetrack and Hotel, website amp. Catch you next week, guys.